This is the VIP Podcast, Virginia in Politics. Let's listen to host Chris Saxman explore the personalities and policies that connect the Commonwealth. The VIP Podcast is brought to you by the VCTA, Broadband Association of Virginia, and Virginia Free. The views and opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the VCTA and Virginia Free or our sponsors. All right, this is Chris Saxman on the VIP Podcast. That's Virginia in Politics Podcast, brought to you by VCTA, the Broadband Association of Virginia and Virginia Free, of which I am the Executive Director. Joining us this morning, our next VIP, congratulations, Senator Jennifer Boisco. It's great to be able to have another VIP with us, is uh, the, the Senator from Loudoun. And Fairfax County. And Fairfax County, but you live in Loudoun. I live in Fairfax County. You live in Fairfax the town County. town of Herndon. You live in Herndon. I did not know that. Yes. Okay. For I thought, 26 I, years. Okay. I thought you were, it's very, the, the line's very close up there. I'm Herndon a, I'm, I'm a mile from the line, See, from the county line. But for some reason, I thought it was a Loudoun County District. Sorry for that. Uh, I'm the first person from Fairfax County to have the seat. Okay. And before you was Jennifer Waxton. Correct. And before that was... Mark Herring Mark. and Bill Mims and, Bill Mims. and Charlie okay. Waddell before yeah. that. That's, that's, yeah. that's a quite a line of succession. It is. Those it are, is. Those are, those are, those are, they play from the back tees, right? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, how's it going for you this session? It's going well. I, you know, I serve on five committees and that. on two major subcommittees, the marijuana and the cannabis, excuse me, and the the game the game the gaming subcommittees. Are we, say, are we not, not allowed to say marijuana? Well, I think we are we are we're calling it cannabis. <laughs> okay. And then I'm the chair of the Broadband Advisory Council, so oh. I do stay busy. Okay, so but I love it. I'm a policy wonk, and so yeah, you always have kind been. of a nerd. That's one of that, well, you, yeah, well, that's that's a good thing, yeah. especially in this building. It is. Um, you know, I've always found you to be a hardworking, earnest, mm-hmm. sincere, mm-hmm. Uh, passionate uh, legislator. Uh, and yet, uh, you don't bump into people politically, like you know, forcefully. You you seem to navigate the waters here very successfully without being. Um, I'm animus. There's just not a lot of animus with you. Well, I Is find that fair? I find that you know we we when we listen to one another and treat each other with respect, then perhaps we can learn from one another. Um, yeah. I'm from I'm from the deep south and so I specifically have really reached out to people from rural communities because that is my people. And so I like to tell, Where, you know. Where's Deep South for you? What is it? Uh, my, my mama lives in rural Alabama, close to Tuscaloosa. Okay. In a town less than 3,000 people. So, wow. you know. And you grew up there? I live, I, well, I, I lived in Arkansas and in Alabama. So, okay. yeah, both, but, you know, I thought Favorite I was coming. Football team, SEC, are you an SEC fan? You I went to that? Hollins, which doesn't okay. have a, it's an all women's school. So I, I'm kind of agnostic on that. No, no. Passion in the sports realm at all? You know, I like high school football and okay. I love field hockey and lacrosse, which my girls played. Okay. So that's, you know, okay. that's about as far as I go. Well, let's talk about other cultural influences on uh, on Jennifer. What are your favorite books? Um, Jane Eyre is my very favorite book. Very favorite. Very favorite that book. Was right out of the gate. And I have a cat whose name is Jane Eyre, and I have okay. another one whose name is Elizabeth Bennett, which is the, okay. the, the main character in Pride and Prejudice okay. from Jane Austen. So I love Elizabethan, um, but I also. Um, when I was in high school, I loved the Fountainhead, which you probably wouldn't imagine that I would like because it's well, not necessarily. I think it's an interesting book. Yeah, I, mean, I don't care for Ayn Rand's yeah. perspective. No, on the me book, neither. But it's an interesting <laughs> right. book. Right. You know, yeah, we shouldn't preclude ourselves from something that we disagree with philosophically. Exactly. It's not a good story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Okay. So um, I'm a big reader. My girls and I did a mother-daughter book club from the time my daughter was in the third grade through oh, wow. college, and okay. I will read probably. 
two to three books a week. A week? Um, not while in, I'm in the session. I was going to say, in addition to five committees, Yeah, no, lot. so I've not Do I've, you have I've a book you're down. working on right now? Like, that's at your bed? Side and you know what? Before I, I go to sleep, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not. I I had to put everything down because I've got I got homework every single sure, night. So sure yeah. Okay. How about the favorite TVs, movies, TV, TV I, shows? Let's I love that. The Office. Okay. Um, that's like my comfort food. <laughs> um, I I really enjoyed The Great on Hulu and okay. The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Um, and um, Downton Abbey. Classic. So. Seen it about five times. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Favorite character in Downton Abbey? Um, I think I like Sybil, the the one who became the nurse and then that was heartbreaking. Yeah, it was. That was that was, that was, yeah. was gut punch. She was it in a most in a, re, in a recent movie that I was like, oh, that's Sybil again. I know. I saw something that she was in like recently too. I was. It was one of I don't know anyway, what it was. Um, yeah. I also love the British Baking Show. You um, too. Oh my God! I can watch that. How for can you? I just get so engrossed watching other people it. bake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the darndest thing? You're like, it is. What is, what is the? Do you? Okay, so these are all. You have a, a obviously a bent towards British. Yeah, I think Ang, so. You're an Anglophile, and what? Uh, yeah. And what about that uh, attracts you? Well, I, 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 so my family historically came from England. In fact, this is a little known fact. Um, one of my my very first ancestor in the in the colonies in the 1650s served for um, a time as the the um, speaker here in the House of Burgesses. Really? Yeah, Walter Childs. So you can go and look at the thing. So your ancestry dates back to the 17th century, late 17th century, and yeah. actually was service mm-hmm. in the House of Burgesses. Yeah, and his his son married, I believe, another member of the House of Burgesses fought. Her, her father was in it, and I, I don't remember what his name was because my grandmothers didn't follow him, but right. um, I think he was one of the founders of William & Mary. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that'll be interesting for our next guest, Monty isn't Mason's that, coming in after. Isn't you. that interesting? That's, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. That's, that's the fun thing about uh, following our history. But what about the, what about the Anglophile? What about the Anglosphere that, you, that attracts you? Is it just because of your family's lineage? No, what? it's because just because it's pleasant, and they're always... Pleasant. Gentle, and when I'm watching TV, I, you know, I feel like I spend so much time like fighting um, for things and dealing with confrontational issues that I, I like that as a reprieve. Um, right, right, right. You know, like on the British Baking Show, for instance, they're they're positive with one another. They're not looking to get somebody right. else, right? I, I'm so tired of that. I'm sick of it. It's and how in about, the news. And how about the, the, the standard, the, the prize is getting a handshake from Paul Holland? I know. Isn't that like, great? Like, isn't that nice? Like, you don't need anything, you Like, know? this is enough. Yeah, That's exactly. Enough. That should be enough, right? Right, I get, yeah. Like, we don't need a bunch of, right. we don't need a fanfare, but just, like, understanding you're doing a good job. Right. And what do you like about the Downton Abbey storyline? It's just, you know, it's just eye candy. It's beautiful, and the sets are gorgeous. And, right. again, it's just a reprieve from my daily life, which right. is, you know, a grind, you know. But even though you're not in the legislature all year, all day long, I mean, all year long, I mean, 60 days here, but it never right. ends. You it don't, never ends. You don't I am work. So this is what I, I, I am fortunate enough that I don't have to have another job. So okay. when I'm at home, I'm working for my community. I am in the community. I'm helping people, especially right. over the past couple of years with unemployment sure. and COVID, like solving some of the really bad problems yeah. that they're dealing with. People who have mental health crises, like it is never, it, it never ends for me, yeah. and I love it. And, but it's very stressful and time-consuming. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, you're helping people. That, yeah, that takes time. But that's what uh, I favorite want. movies. Oh, 
This will be the last cultural question. I know. I'm trying to think of what I would say is my favorite movie. Um, if you had to watch I'm, one tonight, this is the one I'm going to watch. I've got yeah. this time set up. I've cleared my deck. I want to watch. Yeah, I love Breakfast at Tiffany's, which is a okay. classic. Okay, you get a lot of you got a lot of head nods from the camera crew. Already. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Audrey Hepburn, um, and who doesn't like Audrey? Hepburn? Who can't? Right? right? She's just Iconic. divine. Right. Yeah, divine. Um, love divine. That. Don't you love that word? She really divine. is. Yeah. Right? And then if I was trying to think of something more current, I'm really I really loved Awakenings with Robin Williams. Okay. Um, again, that's. 20 years or more still old, but yeah, I think the, it's the a classics are classics for a reason. Really fabulous well story. Stories. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, five committees, general laws, judiciary, privilege of elections, rehab, social services, and transportation. Yes. What's, what's, what's brewing out there? What's, what's the big fight coming up? Well, the big fight, and I'm, I'm the Senate's representative on the Northern Virginia Transportation Authority also. Okay. So as we are looking at the tax changes in the General Assembly, um, the concerns around losing local funding for our transportation okay. um, is going to, that, that's a really important issue, right? We look to What's lose. the battle there coming up? Is that on so the, the grocery tax, the right? Grocery and tax. I'm the, I am actually the vehicle. I, I have carried the menstrual tax um, abolition for many years. And well, explain the menstrual tax because there's no tax on menstruation, obviously. It's the products. Of, it's I, the products okay. and they're... I don't want to lose people or our, our, our audience. Someone's going to pick you. this up in California. Go, My God, they're, they're taxing what in Virginia now? You never know. Yeah. So for years, I have focused on trying to eliminate the tam- what we call the tampon, tampon tax, tax, right? right, right, right. I call it the Dignity Act okay. um, because women women have to have these products and right. they, they have to buy them. And we feel that it's an unfair tax, and there's a whole movement around the, sure. the country about it. And a few years ago, we reduced it to 2.5 uh, cents on on per product, or 2.5%, excuse me. This year, I am carrying it to completely well, it eliminate like, it. It seems like, Senator, one of those issues kind of go, why are we taxing this at all? Is it really that big of a deal? How right. much revenue are we talking about? Yeah. 2.5% on, on those products. Yeah. I mean, how much money are we talking about? Well, we are talking about, you know, in the, in the 5 to 10 million, but I am now carrying, I'm now carrying the grocery tax, like the whole omnibus tax thing for the Senate. Okay. Um, all the bills uh, to eliminate the grocery tax, along with the menstrual products, has been rolled into my okay. bill. So I will be carrying that. My concerns are one: our school and education funding, which I think well, let's all of our Democrats those, care about. How those taxes impact local funding? Explain it for our audience. Yeah. So we we derive quite a bit of funding at the local level from right. our sales tax, our right. groceries. And the, 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 the concern is that, yes, right now we are flush with cash. Right. And we have, I think, $2 billion uh, in the kitty, which I'll call the kitty, right, right. Uh, uh, for transportation and plenty of money for our schools. The problem, though, is, Chris, that if we do this permanently, eliminate these taxes permanently, and we get through this next couple of years, right. where's the money gonna come from? We know that we're at risk of having a downturn in the economy. Sure. I just think- we were, we were coming into that before the COVID. Yeah, and I think it would be very short-sighted for us not to plan and make sure that our localities are, are left whole, okay. making sure that we don't lose $100 million a year for transportation, right. making sure that we're not leaving our schools short-sighted, you know, right. short, short, Shortchanged. Sure, sure. So, so, so that's at, really going to be important. But the, I mean, the the vibe now is to cut certain taxes where we can yeah. because we have so much money. 
as a result of, frankly, the federal largesse and the printing machine they have up there. And there's a lot of money around. And what you're afraid of is that this is one time money right. and we can't um, uh, erode the foundation Correct. of our funding structures. Correct. Right? Right. I mean, we want to keep our AAA bond rating. We want to yes, keep our do. best business yeah, ratings. I, I, we want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all that your business folks want to make sure that we we are being yes, fiscally responsible and prudent in every action that well, we take. Well, to your point on you know looking out for the future, uh, while interest rates are so low right now, the AAA bond rating really isn't that huge of an issue today. Today, because the mar- the, the marginal differences in those rates are, are not that high. But as inflation kicks up and the interest rates go up, if yeah. you lose AAA bond rating, you're talking about some significant money. Absolutely. And so we just heard, I heard on the radio this morning that we have the highest inflation rate in 40 years. Yeah, that's a lot. And so we need to be looking at tomorrow. Today, we got a lot of money in the in the budget. Right. You know, we're flush with cash, but we should so not we be. At, so if we're, we're, we're trying to maintain that structure. Are we going to get rid of the grocery tax this year? That was a campaign issue, obviously, I, in the campaign. I the think that there is bipartisan support for doing something. But again, but you're getting other tax cuts we have there. to make sure that we are keeping our localities whole. Okay. That's that's my so bottom line. That was the yeah. It's taken away from the from the local folks. Correct. Who, who because, bear a lot of the costs. And they're just gonna have to raise their, you know, their real estate rates, which course. hurts our elderly who are, you know, house house poor because they, they have and on fixed income. Right. For the most part. Yeah. I mean we gotta think of this. Okay, so you're carrying the tax package, but you're mm-hmm. not on finance. Correct. Okay. How'd that come to pass? I am carry so I've been carrying the as we just talked about, the menstrual tax for years. That was incorporated in others. I'm the only Democrat with one of those. Um, bills and so you're a tax cutting Democrat. Is, it, is that your is that your? I have been. I, I have a long history of it actually. <laughs> That's yeah. good for you. Uh, again, you're 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 in the you're in the policy realm. You're you're by personal definition a wonk a nerd. Yeah. You're an election nerd Disneyland, which is Virginia. What is the greatest challenge to getting this bill passed? I think making sure that we are keeping our localities whole. What does that mean, though? I mean, what's the number? Figuring out. So, have a number in mind because it changes. Does it change the funding formulas at all? I don't have the number in mind, Um, and I am going to rely on my colleagues who are really in the middle of that. Um, As you just said, I'm not on the finance committee, but unless we make sure that we are not leaving our transportation system without the funding that it needs and our schools, then it's going to have a hard time. So, the suspension of the gas tax not on the table in the Senate. I will absolutely not support the, the there's, there's suspension no of the. If you have no. if you have the omnibus bill for the for taxes, you, that's not in your bill. No. Okay. No, mine is just the groceries and the menstrual products. That's it. Yep. Okay, so what's the grocery tax repeal look like? What's how much is it? So, so what five was to ten propo- on the menstrual products and yeah. what's the grocery? So they they were proposing, um, um, with with that, and I don't know what the the total number of of funding that would end up, but um, the, the initial ask was to keep 1% on for localities to get theirs, so or 1.5% um, and not completely from, eliminate it from, whom is from that the coming? grocery tax. But is that coming from local governments? No, that, that would go to the, that would go to them. So we're oh, so, still in negotiation okay. about okay. that though. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's, that would come from the general fund then? If you take would, this, is this a particular funding source? So there were different there were different things. I think and the one percent is basically half of the one the two point five. Uh huh. Okay, fifty yeah. percent of the grocery tax repeal would still yeah. be in place. And and I don't know that everybody's going to be happy with that still. Right. I mean that was what was presented in finance earlier this okay. week. Um, as you probably saw, um, it did not get enough votes to move to the floor. So there's a renegotiation. People are still talking about. 
right. ways that we can discuss this. There, you know, you know how this works. The budget and all of these moving parts. Right. We will probably go down to the last day oh, yeah. where we will. And this make is all part of the setup decision. for the initial negotiations. Mm -hmm. Like when you see all these, you know, stories about the entities and negotiations. There's a starting point and an ending yep. point. And Correct. you want to have the strongest, the strongest starting point Correct. in that next negotiation. Absolutely. And this is part of that process. Absolutely. Right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Setting up the center position as to where it's going to be in budget yes. negotiations and conference week, which is the week of March 5th through the 12th. Correct. So we still got we got a long way to go. Yes. As we say in in uh, in the General Assembly, today was a long week. So we got a year, that's right? Not, that's not unfair. <laughs> because we are 30 days, 29 days from CINADA. Mm -hmm. And that means the budget has to be on their desk in 25 days yep. to be voted on. And you're even, not even to the point where the Senate can pass out its first version to get into position Correct. to get, negotiate with the House. Correct. Isn't that fun? Isn't it? How much fun, how much young, months you learn along the way here in, in politics here in Virginia. I but, know. Um, uh, what else are you working on, Jennifer Polisco, Senator from Herndon, Fairfax yes. County, Western Fairfax County? Yeah, well, another bipartisan issue that I've been working with my friend Bill Stanley from Southwest Virginia is protecting beagles. Um, there is. A, I've seen a lot of press. You've gotten an extraordinary amount of press, and I want to yeah. talk to you about one in particular because I was like, I was going to give you a hell yeah on this one. But talk about the beagle yeah. legislation. What's going on? With so beagles? two years ago, I carried a bill. There's a there's a company called Invigo. Uh, they they breed uh, beagles to sell for um, experiments and research. And two what? years ago, they keep two years ago there were some pretty atrocious uh, reports. You know, dogs in cages with fecal matter dropping down on the dog, six inches of the mess, um, bad conditions. And so we, I, my bill. Uh, did not go forward because we were told that they were going to clean everything up and it was going to be better and they were going to improve. Well, fast forward two years, two USDA investigations, two in the past six months, July and October, we just got the latest one, 340 puppies dead in their cages with their litter mates with no explanation of what had happened to them, puppies falling down drains, Puppies stuck in the grates where their little legs were broken, dogs pulling and like pulling their ears, biting each other's ears off. Um, for, for medical experiments. Yeah. And so one, you think about, do you want somebody experimenting on a dog that's completely unhealthy because there were many health violations on these dogs? Two, this is absolutely inhumane. You know, if we found an individual doing this to a dog, they would be thrown in jail. And so- On a mass scale, under the, the yeah. rubric of scientific research, they seem to get away with this, saying they're gonna clean it up and they didn't. Why are yes. these people thrown in jail? That is my question. That's Bill Stanley's question. So we we have a suite of bills that have, are going through the General Assembly actually today. Um, okay. They'll be on second read. And I'm hopeful that we will be able to actually get some um, enforcement and some real teeth on the on the um, any any opposition to these bills. Well, the the industry says they're going to clean it up, but no, they, again, they, they, had they had their chance. Strike, yeah. you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Like we should have no more tolerance they, for this. They're and lucky so, they're not put out of business completely. Well, you know, seventeen people are are tasked with caring for 5,000 dogs. Now you tell me, I've got my two cats, right? And that's a lot. It. You, can't you can't do it. And there's no way that putting one person in to oversee will be able to remedy that. We have to really put some strict, uh, some, some strict. Uh, that's just horrific. Mm -hmm. 
that's just stuff on them. I mean, I mean, we we seem to. <laughs> I've never been a fan of bans and mandates to begin with, but that that's seems more ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about one I, I, I read in the paper, uh, and it got me a hell yeah. I was like, uh, yeah. especially because you were trying to reduce the cost for people who are incarcerated. Oh yeah. Phone calls or participating mm-hmm. in zooms or communication with their families, loved ones, friends, whatever. Thank you. I was that is just disgusting. It is that people make money off people who don't have money. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten really involved in in the um, prison reform system since I carried the earned sentence credit bill a few years ago, and I've got the earned sentence credit bill, which incentivizes the the inmates to really work hard and behave. And I've gotten to know a lot of the loved ones of those people who are incarcerated. And so Pauletta Pauletta James said she she has spent $40,000 just in. That's insane. Phone calls and helping commissary, which is like food because the food's so terrible that they really can't eat it. Um, And this is another one that is a bipartisan issue. I'm working with the ACLU and the Americans for Prosperity on this because it makes common sense. Well, it's just common sense. It's just, it's just wrong. It's wrong. It's just wrong. Absolutely. It's one of those like there's no, there's no justification for trying, for charging people uh, to have a phone call. Mm -hmm. to have a Zoom call yeah. with their loved one. I mean, they're in a penitentiary. Getting your head off the pillow every day is hard enough. I know. Not being able to communicate, talk to people. That's that talk about inhumane. That's inhumane. You're right. I, and it is something that we got to change. Now, one thing that I have done is I have I have been to visit two prisons in the past six months, um, actually since November, and met with inmates and with staff. I am advocating for increasing the uh, the officers and the staff members' pay because they don't have a livable wage. But also fighting to make sure that we are going to renegotiate all of those contracts. So we it looks as though we're going to move forward well, it's good to get and get a great and, study you know, and, uh, to, you know, to get that done. Stir things up and see yeah. what's right. Because all the time we, we over, we, not we go over prosecute uh, criminals. Uh, Don't we? We have done it for a number of decades, but we also over prosecute people who are doing good things because we assume they're doing bad things. So yep. we, we, we rush to judgment and then we overjudge and yes. then we don't pull it back and go, well, you know, let's, let's understand this thing to get it. Let's, let's get it right. So good, good on you for- Yeah, and I would just like to give a shout out. There's this group called Sisters in Prison Reform. Sisters and prison. they are, um, they have really helped me understand a lot. I've gotten to know a couple of the people who were recently pardoned right. and they are actively trying to redeem, you know, they have redeemed themselves in, in, in behind the bars, but they are really working hard to try to help put a face to the, uh, to the, the, the faceless who are, are still kind of stuck in these very, very long sentences who are, are really working to, to redeem themselves and to, to try to have a second chance. And so that's another piece, piece of legislation that's going through. It's called Second Chance. Second and, chance. Um, okay. Uh, very quickly, uh, are you in favor of the stadium authority bill? I'm still learning. Okay. I, you know, yeah. um, it's very likely that that one of the the locations is about a mile from where I live. And the Dallas, the and Dallas project. I yeah, have seen. CIT. Yeah, and yeah. I did all the land use and transportation when I was a young staffer. Oh, no working uh, for for my supervisor, so I'm intimately familiar, familiar with that area. Um, I just want to make sure that you know we wouldn't be holding any any funding responsibility at the local level again. Right. Um, but I've seen stuff that looks really promising and, and impressed with what they've done in, All right, in other areas. Last, last question. Okay. Talk about second chances, mm-hmm. uh, the redemptive nature of humanity, uh-huh. going back to Downton Abbey. Who's the character 
that you'd like to see who grew the most who got their second chance? On Downton Abbey? Mm -hmm. Oh, I think it's got to be Lady Mary. Really? Yeah. Wow. Do you not remember at the very beginning, she was really just kind of oh, caught up in herself and didn't mm -hmm. really care about mm -hmm. anyone else. And then okay. I think by the end of the, se the se you know, the series, the series yeah. she had really grown into For me, it was Thomas. A... For me, it was Thomas. Okay. Just how he was oh, the scurrilous. He was so awful. <laughs> so awful. But then he grew to be the new Carson eventually, perhaps. You know, you've got a point there. He's never been my favorite character. I no, but he's I, always but been my end, least I was favorite. Like, look how far he's come. He yeah, he did. He, he struggled. You, you, you got a point, Chris. He struggled. He did. I'm not trying to make a point, but uh, <laughs> love exploring it with you uh, a little bit further. Joining us this morning was Senator Jennifer Boisco from Western Fairfax County, also representing a, a chunk of Loudon as well. Thanks for joining us, Jennifer, on the VIP podcast available on available on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Great to have you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.